0: together from remote galaxies are some of the most sinister podcasters of all time. The Long Box of Doom. Dedicated to a single objective, the conquest of the comic book universe.
2: Welcome to Legion of... Legion of to L O D episode two. Uh-huh.
0: Oh, I almost did it. Um, everybody, well, everybody still calls it out what who I talk to. So. Yeah.
3: Who's who's everybody exactly? Everybody I see at
0: cons, everybody I, I talk to online. Hmm. I referred to it as I've not I've yet to hear someone else say the words long box of doom to me. Maybe we
2: should maybe we should rebrand to the old brand.
1: <laughs> I uh, refuse to do any more branding.
3: It's
1: like new Coke. We just go by LOD like we've pretty much always done. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But we're back. Um, This is Russ, and it's almost a full house. We've got Jim, we've got Jordan, and we've got uh, got Johnny M. And so we're missing Ken and Rich, um, but we haven't done this since The Duties. So we're way, way, way overdue for an LOD episode. Um, We've all been busy conquering the television world separately. Uh, Hmm. And I... I missed not talking about just random nonsense, so, uh, in order to just kind of let this thing fly by the seat of its pants to get it out quickly, uh, we're just going to do this live, so we're going to try and do a weekly Google Plus hangout that we'll put to the YouTube channel, and, uh, normally it'll have video, I had to, uh, head back to the hinterland, so it, it truly does feel like an LOD show, because I'm back in the land of crappy internet, uh, but once I get back to Civilization next week, we'll, um, I think, I think we'll, we'll try and crank up some video uh, so you can see our ugly mugs or most of our ugly mugs. Um, and like I said, we'll just, we'll just pump this out. So the, the, if you're listening to this and not watching it, uh, we are just literally going to rip the YouTube audio uh, for the podcast portion. So uh, we're not going to clean this up. We're not going to really edit anything unless somebody uh, randomly slips in an F-bomb or something crazy like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, so what's everybody been up to? Who wants to go first?
3: I, th- I think this was a good time to pull something like this together just because of that little convention that they have over in California that went on this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard about that. <laughs> a lot of comic books uh, there I heard. I'll tell okay. you one thing. I definitely would like to go to San Diego at some point in my life to see it, but... Media being what it is now, I don't miss the lines and the crowds, and everything is on YouTube like three hours after it happens.
0: Right. Well, have any of you been to San Diego? Russ, have you been?
2: Yeah, I went in – my buddy Glenn and I went in 2007. And that was – I would say that's and Aaron may – because Aaron goes every year, so he may either agree or disagree with me on this. But I think 2007, 2008 was like the last year that you could go – and you could get into Hall H or or the ball the big ballroom I think it's ballroom 20 or whatever it is. Uh, you know we'd have to we had to win in line like two or three hours before the show opened and we got really good seats. I mean we sat in Hall H we sat almost in front. Uh, and now I hear about people standing in line like two days in advance and they talk about wristbands and everything else. But the convention floor was insane. I mean San Diego in 2007 was like. Uh, you know, even on Friday and Sunday or it was like New York comic-con on Saturday in 2011 when we went, Um, but yeah, I'd I'd like to go back, but I I think, I think if I went back, I would do, I'd get there for preview night. I'd go Thursday. I'd probably go Friday. I think I would just skip Saturday altogether uh, and then go back on Sunday because Saturday is just insane. And you know, like John said, everything is put on in YouTube. Everybody's now either periscoping it or uh, putting it out on Twitter. You know, if we if we went and then to cover it for the con or to comment, you know, Saturday would be a good day to hang out at the hotel and podcast or, uh, you know, catch up on, you know, writing up some articles for, you know, various websites or whatever. Um, but I, I recommend it. I mean, it's 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 just an experience. Um, the after con stuff is really cool. I mean, just hanging out in the gas lamp district, gas lake district, and, uh, you know, the restaurants and just kind of the energy and everything. So there's so much more to the con nowadays, too. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you guys saw uh, the Star Wars panel, but J.J. J. Abrams, basically, they gave everybody in, that, in the hall a pass to go see that Star Wars concert that they put on, you know, outside the convention center. So it's, it's just become so much more than the con itself.
1: Yeah, I know my YouTube uh, Watch Later playlist has blossomed from about uh, 150 different things I had in there to just about 300 over the last three days, which is the video clips and trailers and you know tours of the show floor and stuff. So that will be the next few weeks. We'll be watching a few of those at night and uh, and finding out what happened.
0: Well, definitely, like I understand like the energy of a big giant event like that because I mean I've been to New York Con a couple times and Heroes and whatnot. Um, but I've never made it out to San Diego. Um, and I, I almost wonder if I'd want to now, because, you know, like you said, everything is already online within a couple of hours of other being there anyway. And, uh, the crowds, the lines and everything else, I mean, it was pretty overwhelming the last time I went to New York. Come on. So, uh, okay, real quick guys, what was the best thing, best bit of news to come out of San Diego? <sighs> a bit of best, news. Best, best like two or three things that really like you're most excited about.
3: I think Deadpool, I think Batman vs. Superman looks really cool. You know, this is the third San Diego Comic-Con that has had Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Mm. This is like the longest filmed movie ever. Uh, and it was <laughs> cool to actually get, you know, a real trailer and everything. Um, and I think Old Man Logan is a great announcement. And, you know, we didn't get Marvel stuff, so... They've kind of owned it the last couple of years, and it opened the door definitely, and I think DC nailed it. Oh, the Suicide Squad, too. That I, I thought yeah. DC and Fox both did excellent uh, jobs for what I saw online anyway.
0: I definitely agree with you on the Suicide Squad. I am more psyched for that than I am for Batman versus Superman, especially after seeing that trailer. Seen that a little bit. I mean, even though it was you know crappy bootleg video that someone recorded off their phone or whatever, it was still incredible. I thought it was great. Um, that AMC series that you posted a link to on Facebook, John, into the Badlands? Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. I would have totally missed that if you hadn't posted it. It was incredible. Yeah, I've been... I am totally sold on that now.
3: I caught when they announced that it was going to be a series and all the you know, martial arts-based... That's all I caught, AMC and martial arts-based, and I've been kind of hunting around for info since then. And there's like a poster and now this trailer, but that looks cool.
0: Also, uh, the Batman the Killing Joke being animated. Yeah. That was pretty huge. Um, And I agree that Deadpool trailer was a
3: winner. It was just great. Jordan, you're probably the biggest Deadpool fan. What did you think of the –
1: Well, I mean, I can't wait to actually get to see a real version of the trailer and not just the the bootleg, like you mentioned, but I mean, I think Deadpool is one of those characters who, even though he's only been around for about 30 years, he's changed a lot in that time, you know, even from just creator to creator, as they come in that tone, the tone of that book can change drastically. That said, I think this looked really good. I think Ryan Reynolds is perfect for the part. Um... I I, I want to see the full trailer, you know, on a big screen. But at least for uh, what they're going for, I think they nailed it. I, I mean, I think there's ten different directions they could have gone with a dare, uh, with a a Deadpool movie that would would have been true to the character yet completely different to each other. And I think the one they're aiming for, they're hitting. Whether that's what the average Deadpool fan wants uh, is, you know, remains to be seen because there's a lot of very divided opinions, even from people who like Deadpool. Not just to mention the people who can't stand the character, but I think it looks good.
0: Yeah, I think right, right, even right, overall, like John, I'm sorry, John, and point you made not too long ago, I, if I remember hearing it was like about the death of the R-rated action movie, fun action movie, you know. And this seems like, you know, ostensibly a superhero movie, but I mean, it's a fun R-rated be you a know, violent action movie so i hope it does well i really do
3: and is suicide squad confirmed rated r as well yeah okay good was, so there was, you have was, it that's we that's have awesome. at least two attempts uh, at it and unfortunately they neither of them will probably make like a billion dollars or 750 million dollars and and uh, we'll have to see if the reaction is that they are a disappointment or or not
0: well, oh. Suicide Squad is a good cedar for, for their um, you know franchise going forward, as in you know all these villains that they can end up using in their you know later DC movies. So, you know whether it's like a billion dollar movie or not, it's still going to be important to that DC cinematic universe because it's going to have a lot of the villains we're going to see going forward. You know,
3: yeah, the- but I think it's no coincidence, or you know I can't think of a better word, but I mean Batman and the Joker are in this movie for a reason. You know oh, what totally. I mean? It, oh, yeah. You know, so it, it it went from smaller level B characters to now they're gonna get a huge bump just because they those two characters are included.
2: One of the one of the other speaking of DC and Warner Brothers, one of the other announcements that came out that I was actually really excited to to see is that Jeff Johns is gonna write I guess Affleck's writing it too, but Affleck's gonna direct a Batman movie to hit, I guess, twenty eighteen. So uh, that that excites me. I mean, I, you know, people kind of tend to bag on Affleck. Um, you know, they you know they always bring up Daredevil, which I I don't hate the Daredevil movie. I don't think it was the greatest thing ever, but I think there was a lot to like. And I I think he's a much better director than he is an actor. I I mean, I really I think he's got a good eye for it. I've I've from what I've seen of what he's directed, I really just enjoy his the craft of it. So I'm I'm really anxious to see what uh you know what a what a movie helmed by him starring him is is going to look like.
3: And Jordan, just to uh go back to your Deadpool for a second, uh, Ryan Reynolds tweeted today that the effects aren't done yet, and he wants the trailer out in high def. As much as we do, and he said it's going to be about three more weeks.
1: Yeah, I saw that on Reddit, and I'm excited. You know, because you know, just cool. e- even just the audio of it, his voice is so perfect. Not not even just his attitude, but his voice is so perfect for that character. Um, and yeah, it, it, and it was also cool to see how much of the original, um, what's the the proof of concept video that they did. It was yeah. cool to see how many bits they brought over into the trailer for that because that was really really cool.
2: Yeah, I was yeah. surprised. I was really skeptical on that whole Deadpool thing. But it's funny because I see a lot of Hannibal King, his character from Blade Trinity, and the way that he uh, he plays, he's going to play uh, Wade Wilson Deadpool. So
0: Blade Trinity, huh? Yikes. <laughs> is that uh, where you want to take this? <laughs> well, I guess I so read right. Wesley Snipes' is back. Uh, the rumor was he was talking in with Marvel. Yeah. About either playing Blade or something else. Yeah.
2: Wishful thinking on Mr. Snipes' part, I think. but uh, Well,
0: we'll but see what kinda, happens.
2: I mean, if, you know, maybe not as a feature or something like that for him to pop up. I, I think that would be kind of cool. It would be a nice callback. I could,
0: I could see him show up in, like, uh, you know, the second season of Daredevil or something.
3: Well, he has a big television show coming out this fall. The name escapes me, but I think it's going to be real important in – you know, whether he deserves an action right. feature again, you know, depending on how well it does.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. the new John Rogers show, right? The guy who did Leverage. I can't really yeah. show you, but I know what you're talking about.
3: Yeah, and he's like, you know, ex CIA operative. He's probably going to kick the crap out of a bunch of people and throw them through windows and stuff. And
2: His partner on the show is that guy that was on uh, Strike Back, he played the British guy in Strike Back.
3: Oh, right, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's good. Yeah. That He's he's good. That should be... Uh, oh, Strike Back is ending. That's right, so...
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: Now, what would you guys think of the Batman versus Superman trailer?
0: A I think that's the liking. trailer. Oh, sorry.
2: Oh, I was going to say, I, you know, I, I liked Man of Steel. I didn't love it. I I, I think there's more to like than, than dislike, um, and I've, I've watched it several times, and there's there's a lot of really, really cool stuff in there. Um, and I just I liked what I saw in that trailer. I kind of like the tone. I, you know, there's a there's a spot in that trailer where out where it seems like they, it it looks like there's a flashback of Bruce in Metropolis when the big Zod fight happens, and you know there's that big building coming down. It's almost like very nine eleven asking. There's show a big
0: him. Wayne Tech uh, logo on that building. Yeah, too. yeah, and he's like, it's like running towards lady, it. It's engulfed,
2: building. engulfed, and. Uh, and so I think that's a good motivation for why Batman would be looking to take him down. But I really like the voiceover, like the Jeremy Irons Alfred voiceover, where he says, like, where he's t- it sounds like he's t- he's talking to Batman and saying, you know, he is not your enemy. Like you need to stop this. Um, so I kind of like that little voice of reason part to it. And then that that bit with Wonder Woman where she claps her her bands together and sends out that big shockwave or whatever. I don't know. I just, I like, I was really jazzed. Um, I've been very kind of cautiously optimistic uh, about, about this movie and the trailer really, you know, really kind of got me pumped uh, actually.
0: I just, I just thought they should have led with this trailer rather than the one they did. And I realized the last one was just a teaser or whatever, but I think people, there would have been more positive buzz about it if this was the trailer they came out with first. What do you think, John? I, I I agree. I thought it was awesome.
3: I liked it. I didn't it was probably my third favorite trailer of the con. Um, because I was really impressed with Deadpool and Suicide Squad. I, I think it looks good. I think they packed in a lot of stuff to show us what this movie is, you know, the depth that this movie's going to have. I mean, people are breaking down that trailer obviously everywhere on the internet and sure. you know, there's a Robin costume with like Joker writing on it and and there's, uh, you know, they, they took a Batman pose right out of uh, Dark Knight Returns. Um, you know, obviously you have Wonder Woman. And, and then there's that other newspaper clip that says, like, you let your family die or something like that. And, you know, it's just, it it. I think it did a good job of showing that this isn't just going to be, you know, an action movie. There's going to be a lot of depth to it. Um, I liked at the end of it, I guess, when Batman stands up out of the Batmobile. Yes. I guess Superman rips the top off the Batmobile or something like that, and Batman just kind of steps to him. Yes. <laughs> that was pretty cool.
1: I mean, I th- I think the trailer looked really cool. It looked epic, um, but so did all of Man of Steel's trailers, and while I thought that movie had a lot of things going for it, it all came down to the pacing for me, and the pacing was all over the place in that movie, leaving me bored when it was talking, and then bored again when the action went on for 45 minutes. So... I, I want this movie to be awesome. I want it to succeed, but we'll see. You know, the trailers can do a lot, um, but it's the final movie that actually is going <laughs> to put the money in the, in the pockets or not.
3: If your trailer sucks, you're doing it wrong.
1: Right, exactly. Because
3: every movie looks pretty awesome in a trailer, except the Vin Diesel Witch Hunter one. That looks like crap.
1: Or that movie Pixels or whatever. That, mo- that trailer is just, like, aggressively unfunny.
3: John
2: and I, since I guess we're, we're talking movies, unless anybody else has any Comic-Con stuff they still want to
0: talk about.
3: I'm sure it'll come up in uh, every topic that we discuss. Yeah, now. we'll
0: probably remember it as we go along because there's so much stuff. J- uh, John and I
2: saw Terminator Genesis. I'm not sure, if Jordan or, or Jim, if you saw Terminator Genesis.
1: I have
0: not. No, I have not. I'm a Nintendo guy. <laughs>
2: uh, I, You know, the trailer made it look awesome, some people say the trailer made it look terrible. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has been brutal with it, but I, I actually, lo- I, I didn't love it. Uh, it's not, you know, even my third, maybe my third favorite Terminator movie. Um, I, it, it, it had its problems, but overall, I, I thought it was, it was pretty decent. Uh, you know, the the one thing I was worried about really was how the Schwarzenegger stuff was going to come across, and he really did a good job. Like, it really felt like the T2 Arnold. You know, it just, it really, um, he really sold it. And and they actually wrote that character, I think, pretty well. I I think it kind of falls apart a little bit when you start delving into, you know, the the twists and some of the time travel aspects of it. But um, I I think the ending fell flat for me. Like, it it ended and I was kind of like, oh, okay, sure. Um, but I, I, again, I think there's more to like than dislike.
1: The, uh, the red letter media guys who, who are famous for doing like the 90 minute long, um, prequel trilogy, star Wars reviews. Um, they just put up a video the other day that was like a 15 minute scientist man explains timelines of terminator series or something like that. But it's just 15 minutes of them trying to unravel how the movies fit together. It's pretty funny. So I feel like I've seen the new movie, even though I haven't, because they, they really spoil everything.
3: I, uh, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I, I agree with Russ. I think Arnold was the best part of it, which goes a long way, um, because you know there's been questions about his ability to to carry these movies anymore. Um, I haven't seen Maggie, but I've heard good things about Maggie, even though that's a totally was- different type of movie.
0: Yeah, Maggie was awesome. It's the best uh, acting I've seen. Our Schwarzenegger in a long time.
3: Cool. It's yeah, and really and good. this again, he he did carry this. I mean, I've I love also uh, Amelia Clark. Um, she's awesome. I like Jason Clark a lot, although I didn't think he was great in this. And Jai Courtney is now officially an abomination in my mind. <laughs> I mean, he's been handed, like, a lot of really cool roles. Like, they basically handed – they wanted John McClane to hand the torch over to Jai uh, Jai Courtney, and, you know, that was terrible. Uh, He wasn't good in this at all, I didn't think. Did did his performance bother you, Russ? It was, like, bothersome to me.
2: It's just, like, so wooden and so – so, like there's I didn't feel any energy from him I didn't feel any chemistry with him and Amelia Clark and yeah I just I if, if there was a weak link to the movie I think it was it was him and then some of the way they portrayed Jason Clark I mean they, they spoil the trailers I guess it's not really spoiling it but when he became the Terminator slash John Connor some of the like quippiness or whatever it just kind of fell flat there was the one thing that really, really, really stood out to me is at the beginning of the movie, there's this dialogue scene between between Jay Courtney and and uh, and uh, uh, was it Jonathan Clark? Is it uh,
3: Jason Clark?
2: Jason Clark. And it it almost felt uncomfortable. Like they're talking about what they're gonna do with the war's over, and made it sound like they'd just be hanging out and getting a beer. It it just like that. It almost like there was like a really long uncomfortable pause. Almost like the, Somebody forgot how to edit that scene. Like that, I don't know, man. I was watching it. I was like, man, that was terrible. It's like really bad.
3: It's kind of a shame, you know. They went for the Back to the Future too, right? Yes. Where they're like yes. they're looking at things that happened in other movies from different angles or different points of view. And they really did a great job with that stuff. Like, I've gone back now and watched the original and Terminator 2, like, recently. And you're like, you know, holy cow, that's really close, the way they refilmed that scene. You know, there was a lot of cool stuff. Unfortunately, they had really high – they shot for the moon with the timeline, time travel stuff. And it just gets way too jumbled. Like, even, you know, I know the lore pretty well, and I got lost a number of times. Yeah,
2: there's a couple, and there's a lot of open, there's a lot of things where it's like, okay, they, like, you kind of get it, how the timeline is splintered, and and things are are on a different path, but then there's other things that that they just never explain, and you're like, well, that, you know, and maybe they're leaving it open for, you know, a sequel to this to, to come back to it, but...
3: And yeah, they keep was, talking new trilogy and this movie is' yeah, no I mean, it's getting slaughtered
2: yeah there's no way I mean it's not it it I mean the box office is it, I mean unless the foreign just goes off the chart it's gonna really struggle to break even which is sad because I mean I think um you know even James Cameron was on board with it you know he and he's been pretty quiet about everything that's come after him and he was like all on board with this and he gets the rights back. What is it, John? In in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty or something like that. Sounds you know, right. They they all revert back to him. So I think they're just trying to scramble to try and get another trilogy out before they lose. You know, before it all goes back to Cameron. And I, I think once it goes back to Cameron, I think we'll never see another Terminator because it's, you know, it's it's taken him how long to get another Avatar movie out, and he's done nothing since the last Avatar movie. So.
0: He's busy exploring the depths of the ocean, dude. He's got a lot going on.
2: Busy counting his billions.
0: <laughs> he's in his he's in this submersible, like uh you know, checking out new species
3: in the Marianas Trench, you know. Yeah. Otherwise I've just been playing Bloodborne. <laughs> Again. Yeah, I'm about two thirds of the way through the second playthrough. <laughs> Ninety seven hours.
0: Does that have like a new game plus at the end where you can start over with? The,
3: oh, yeah. yeah. New game plus, new game plus plus, side dungeons, yeah. pull yeah. your eyes out.
0: That's, I, like you said, I'm, I really want to. I mean, I played Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2, and I'm, I really want to play Bloodborne, so I'm, I'm coming up on a, a console purchase soon.
2: Nice. It's really good. I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't finish it yet, but I, I'm almost done with Arkham Knight, or at least to the point where. I'm gonna get sick of doing uh, uh, Riddler trophies, so I'll flip back to. Um, I will. Uh, I'll probably flip back to Bloodborne and and finish it out, because uh, it is a lot of fun. It's just it's so it's so challenging. So, uh, but yeah, it's been fun. But Arkham Knight has been consuming my whole. Uh, what, what time I have to play on a, a console has pretty much been taken up by Arkham Knight, which I really enjoy. I mean, it... it, it the way I describe it is, it's an Arkham game. I mean, it's, it, it's, you know, the combat is the same, the gadgets are the same, the moves are the same, um, you know, the way you navigate and everything is the same. There's a few things that they added that are kind of interesting. Uh, the Batmobile is a cool novelty, but it can also be... A, frustrating as a kind of a limiter on the gameplay. There's a couple challenges that you get with the Batmobile that just get, like you can't advance the story of the game without passing them and it's really kind of irritating uh, that it's so integral. It's it's like they really, really wanted that Batmobile to be the centerpiece of that game and I think it's a cool novelty that could have worked in small doses but to try and showcase it like they did really gets old fast and I honestly think they just should have kept it with its tank mode stuff. Like, I think they should have just uh, decreased the number of, you know, challenges related to the Batmobile, and they should have kind of been relegated to um, to the tank mode. Because driving that car around is, uh, the chase missions are really hard because the, the car doesn't control very well at all. Um, it's really loose, and so it's easy to go kind of all over the road with it. Um, and the tank mode stuff is kind of cool, but again, those challenges can get a little tedious.
1: I haven't I have. played any of it since I don't have a current-gen uh, console, but I've been watching Let's Plays on YouTube, and i got to say, I'm really enjoying the story. I, I don't think we oh, want to spoil good. anything about it, but the way they brought certain people into the story who you yes. might not think would come in, I thought was very, I, I mean, I haven't finished it yet, so I don't know the the ending or anything, I've been staying pretty good with spoilers on that, but at least in the early game stuff, I thought it was very clever how they chose to do that and kind of take a retrospective look at uh, the ba- Batman mythology, um, this kind of Tim vs. X version of the Batman mythology, and I, I think they've been doing a really solid job with it.
2: Yeah, I've been, I've been really happy with exactly what you're talking about, and I think it's very clever. I think the dialogue is written very well. I think the overall story is very good. Um, the one irritating thing with it is you get... So you could finish the game, the main storyline, and continue on, just like you could in the other ones. Um, but you don't really get the full ending, from what I understand, until all missions are complete, which is kind of irritating because... Those Riddler trophies can get really, really tedious and a bit of a pain in the ass. And to not kind of see that final ending until you get that done is really, is you know, really a bit irritating. Um, But but yeah, the overall story is really cool. The 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 way they varied up the missions are are interesting. There's some of the detective stuff that's kind of cool. Um, You know, there's there's a lot of like these drones flying around and other things that you have to kind of be clever and how you get rid of them. So I mean, it's, like I said, if you, if you like the Arkham games, you'll like this one. If you don't like the Arkham games, there's nothing in this game that's going to make you like this game.
0: So, uh, Rocksteady said that's the end of their uh, Batman trilogy or whatever of games that they made. What do you want them to do next?
2: Because
0: um, they're, I mean, I really like the work they put out. It's very consistent. Like, the, that combat system from Arkham has been copied by, like, a ton of other games, sure. like Shadow, Shadow of Mordor and some of the later Assassin's Creed games, and Stuff like that. um...
2: I think I think they'll probably do. I think Warner, because they're owned by you know, it's published by Warner Brothers, and they're really trying to Warner is trying to push this whole Justice League thing. I have a feeling that the next one is going to be like a Justice League focused thing. But based on the way this game ends, I I totally understand when they say this is the end of this trilogy. Um, And I I think it could be interesting if they carry it forward. And not have you just vary up locations and stuff, but switch out characters with different power sets uh, and different moves and stuff, and still kind of take place in that style of environment. I think could be really interesting because I think, I mean, as much as I love the Arkham games, I think if I think it's played out. Like if they do another Batman game, um, yeah. e- even if it's a prequel or whatever, I I think I mean I'll probably still play it, but I won't run out to play it. I, I think it's I think they need to move on.
1: Yeah, I I, I'd stuff. love to see them expand on the uh, dual team takedown stuff like they had in this game because all of that has been really cool to watch.
2: Yeah, that's been pretty neat. Mm. I've heard rumor that they showed some screenshots that the next game may be a Superman game. I, I saw some. I don't know if you guys saw that posted on the net where they showed some assets of uh, an image of Superman, and it had like like a little biography thing there. So there's rumor that they may be working on a Superman game which every time somebody says they've cracked the way to do a Superman game, they fail miserably. So I would really hate for them to go down that path and spend all that money building a game that's just going to
1: suck. You're never going to top Superman 64. It's just not going to happen. We all remember the dark days
0: of Superman 64. Let's fly through some rings. Let's beat up a robot. Let's fly through some more rings now.
1: Better avoid that that fog. That's why I think
2: think if they... if they did like a justice league game and had superman as like okay for this mission you're going to control superman or for like maybe he comes in as an assist or something like that i think i think you can make it work but you can't take a 40 hour game and make superman the hero it just it just never it just never works
0: so um, did you guys follow any of the E3 coverage
1: yeah a little bit yeah i think i actually followed that closer than i did comic con that this year
0: I yeah uh, I, I see the reason I'm going to be getting a console is because of Fallout Four. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: that was the that was big one. I uh I don't know. I still play Fallout Three sometimes, or Fallout New Vegas. In fact, uh, the game I'm playing now is by Obsidian, the same people that made Fallout New Vegas, uh, Pillars of Eternity. It uh, started out as a Kickstarter. It's uh, kind of like the one of those spiritual successor games or whatever of um, like Baldur's Gate. That kind of RPG. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I've been really enjoying that. But um, yeah, Fallout 4 is going to be the one that makes me end up buying a you know, new system.
1: What did you guys think of Fallout Shelters?
3: I, I haven't given Fallout, it a shot so. yet. I've heard really good things about it. I keep meaning to load it up on like the iPad or whatever, but I haven't uh, I haven't done so. Really hard.
1: Um, see, I, I'll disagree with you, Jim. I think it's actually a little bit too easy, or at least too... Really? too simple maybe like there's not that many systems at all and after four or five days i was like well i guess i've mastered this and there's not really anything else that can just keep sending people out into the wasteland and collect all the different gear and stuff but i wish there was more like i think it's it's very well made but it it feels like it needs some other, it needs some type of end game thing because once you've got, once you unlock, have yeah. unlocked the, the Nuka Cola factory, that's it. Yeah, there's nothing yeah, else. There's,
0: there's no big finale. I, um, I don't know. I, I didn't really, I I played it and then kind of ignored it for a couple of days. Uh-huh. And then came back to it and then found it really, really tough to get back to where I was. I pretty much gotcha, had to like gotcha. set up like a breeding farm pretty much to repopulate because the only way you can get new people in your. You know, Fallout Shelter is to have them be born.
1: It's not the <laughs> only way, but it's the easiest way in the beginning.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, uh, but I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it.
1: But yeah, the, the Fallout 4 trailer, you know, that all looks really good. I'm impressed with a lot of the stuff they've done. Um, Bethesda still has no idea how actual human beings talk, move, or Act, but aside from that everything about it looks really really good which is true for pretty much all their games as long as you as long as you can get past not even the uncanny valley it's the uncanny chasm uh, you're fine because those games are amazing
0: they're all about the playground exactly. more than more than like you know the the motive uh you know uh, acting or, or you know digital presence it's all about the playground so i'm excited to play in that playground to be honest
1: and I love the Minecrafty yeah. the elements they've added, you know, that stuff Somebody seems good. really, really neat.
0: So. Yeah. There were so many good games at E3, but that was the one that really stood out for me. No man's sky would probably be the other one.
2: That one has me probably the most skeptical because it, it's either going to be everything it says it wants to be and be awesome, or it's just going to really fall flat. Um, and I really hope the former and not the latter. Cause it, you know, I, I've, I, I listen to the Giant Bombcast uh, a yeah. lot, and those guys are really high on it. I've, I've seen, I've watched some some video that they've put out uh, of gameplay footage and things like that, and heard those guys talk about how they're actually seeding the universe with worlds and how dynamic that process is and everything else, and it sounds really, really cool. Uh, and I just really hope in execution it comes off as well as they make it sound, uh, which is no easy task.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I think it could happen. I'm I'm going to be optimistic about it. Like I said, like I listened to I listened to the giant pump too, and they they seem really high on it. And they're usually pretty skeptical about stuff. So uh,
1: I was also really impressed with all the Hololens stuff. Not just coming out of E3, but that there seemed to be a lot of it there. That looks yeah. really really neat. And it's interesting to me that you know the VR stuff, the virtual reality. I think it's interesting i like to watch people play it on YouTube because it's funny, especially with horror games to see people, you know, pee their pants um, from polygons and such, but it doesn't really grab me as something that I would want. Sort of like the Apple watch, like the Apple watch, it looks like the most interesting uh, smartwatch out there. I still don't want it because it's a watch and that, Does nothing for me, but but this augmented reality, the AR coming out of uh, Hololens, that looks like something where it's like I want that now. I want that yesterday. That just looks me, and not just for Minecraft. That's fun, but just all the different applications you could have that for. Even just you know doing your filing and not having to have any paper because it's all just being projected on your table in front of you and there's no clutter, there's no, you know, stuff you can lose because it's all just there, and you can pick it up and move it around or whatever. Just just the stuff I can imagine doing with it seems really neat, even for mundane tasks.
0: The thing about the VR is it's, you know, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. There's, like, very little chance of me getting, like, 20 minutes where I could just put on a VR thing and, like, zone out and not have something happen. You know what I mean?
2: (laughs) Not have them double-team you and knock you on your butt.
0: Yes, exactly, you know, or, like, paint eyebrows on my knees or something, you know, or whatever. Um, so, you know, that, the VR, I think, is cool, but I don't think it would be for me. But, like, I, I, I totally agree about the AR stuff. It's really, uh, really interesting.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm the same boat. I mean, to me, AR, I think, is where the, you know, Google Glass kind of tried to take the first stab at that, and I think I think the HoloLens is taking it further. But, I mean, it, you know, it would be cool just even in, like, the car, you know, put it in your windshield. So, you know, when you're getting directions from A to B, it almost, like, you know, Grand Theft Auto style or even, you know, what we've seen in Arkham Knight where it looks like the arrows to point you in the right direction are literally on the road for you to follow, you know, so you don't have to look at your display or, you know, get distracted by looking at, at, at directions or things like that.
1: Um, or even you know, safety features like it being able to see, hey, that vehicle, you know, 100 feet up is slowing down suddenly yeah. and being able to put a red square around it or something like that or, you know, just any kind of number of things like, they, oh, up here there's traffic or whatever, you might want to try a different route. That, that stuff is just, you're right, the, the expounded applications beyond just headset yeah. are I mean, incredible
2: addresses on buildings or, you know, names of, you know, businesses on building, you know, just, just
1: names of like... people on their faces. So I don't have yeah. to remember them anymore.
2: Yeah. Yeah. you know, just, just things like that. I think that's where, you know, it, we just, I think ultimately where that stuff is going to go to give us the most value. Um, you know, starting with watching a Minecraft world, get expanded on a table sitting in front of you.
1: Right. Porn 24 seven. <laughs> that's what the internet's for, dude. I don't know if you're aware of this. But... That's the, well, VR, know, that's
0: the yeah. VR side of that equation
1: more AR so than point. the
2: AR side of that equation. <laughs> uh, so what else? Anything else from E3? I'm, I'm trying to think back to E3.
1: Mass Effect uh, Andromeda. I mean, yeah. granted, it was just a teaser trailer, no gameplay or anything, but that looked cool. Speaking of gameplay, though, um, the Star Wars is a is a it's Battlefront or Battlefront is the Star Wars one, right? No, yeah. Battlefront. Yeah. Okay. That think, looks amazing. <laughs> I yeah.
2: I almost cried when I watched that gameplay footage. I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I, I was like, I was completely blown away uh, at how. And they've done Battlefront before, and it's been good, but looking at that, I was just like, this is this is incredible. Like they finally uh, perfected it. You know, just in you know we're seeing actual gameplay footage and stuff like that. It's not just you know initially we saw the trailer. And that was all, you know, uh, pre-rendered stuff, and for them to actually show some gameplay footage, I, I was just blown away.
1: I mean I literally... gameplay footage that looks pretty much as good as the pre-rendered stuff.
0: Sure. Like, that's a frostbite engine, man.:
3: Yeah.: We showed that we're clearly out of uh, podcasting shape because we passed right by San Diego Comic-Con without talking about Star Wars at all.
1: The behind the scenes yeah. uh, montage they put out, I guess a montage should be the right word, that was exactly what I want to see out of that camp. I mean, it seems like they are in the right place mentally you putting this together. Mm-hmm.
3: And I think just bringing out those, uh, I, would you call them animatronic, or, or were they, I guess they were people, or, you know, the practical effects uh, yeah. uh, creatures that they brought out and everything, I mean, that shows a real want to go back to the, you, you mean know, Harrison feeling Ford? What's that?
0: You mean Harrison
3: Ford? Yeah, no, that's definitely animatronic. <laughs> uh, 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 we're home, chewy.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Good. And that little three and a half minute footage thing, just kind of, that was like to emphasize, I think that point is, Hey, this is, we're doing this for real. This isn't, you know, I remember seeing the early stuff for the cripple trilogy and it was all, you know, you'd see two actors in front of green screen and on a green screen ramp. And, you know, maybe there'd be a prop there and everything <laughs> I've seen
0: and George Lucas telling them, okay, there's a giant thing here threatening you and you're really afraid
2: quicker and more intense. That's, that's, yes. a, that's all I hear about George Lucas is directing yeah. uh, advice to actors quicker and more intense. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I, uh, I, you know, it's funny when, when, Age of Ultron was coming out, I was convinced that there's, it was just going to be this juggernaut that nothing could stop, and um, John, it was you and Ten that were both like, no, I think Star Wars is going to, and I love Star Wars, you know, second to none, but I just really thought that Marvel juggernaut was just going so strong, and, uh, you know, we see Jurassic World pass up uh, Age of Ultron, and I think Star Wars is just going to I think it's just going to take the world by storm. I just I you know, I just see so much hype and energy and and so people so excited about it at levels I haven't seen even in the for the prequel trilogy. I mean, you know, there was a lot of hype and, every, and excitement before that trailer came out and even after the trailer came out, but you know, I think having J.J. J. Abrams on, I think having the original actors back, I think the emphasis on the practical, I think there being a lot of shroud of mystery around this movie, I, you know, I just it's it's pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, I think the smartest movie made was bringing Lawrence Castan back for the screenplay. Yeah. I mean that that shows a lot right there. I mean because I don't know. I think the prequels really suffer from the everybody being afraid to edit George Lucas. You know, there was nobody there to tell George, no, I don't think that's a good right. idea. You know. Exactly. And here on the other hand, you know, you have D.J. Abrams being, being really respectful, bringing everybody in, like you said, with the practical effects. I really like that behind the scenes thing, and then he took all those guys to a free con- star wars concert, and gave them lightsabers. How cool was that? <laughs> Our old friend Aaron Newar was there in the crowd, yeah, I guess man. he bought donuts for everybody waiting in line too, yeah, in Hall yeah. H. he knows how to treat his fan base. you gotta give him that, yeah, but i mean even even more than episode, the the new episode I mean we got the the anthology movies now that we're talking about the rogue uh, you know rogue, uh. Was it Rogue One?
2: Rogue One, yeah.
0: And then the Young hand Solo movie that they're talking about, and I mean, it's you know, everything's coming up Star Wars.
2: Yeah, I think I think Disney paid that four billion or whatever, and I think they're I think they want to crank it up like the Marvel machine. You know, put one out, you know, put another one out. But I think two three years down the, you know, yeah, maybe four years down the road, I think we're going to get two Star Wars movies a year. It's like we're getting two Marvel movies a year. Uh, you know, I just, I just think it's just, good. It's just you know, the Disney machine is going to get in motion, and it's that's just what it's going to be. I think the May time frame will be, will be the Marvel, you know, movie, and then later in the summer we'll get the Star Wars, and then, you know, the same thing in the winter.
1: And, you know, I as long as they keep go. to the same quality baseline as Marvel Studios has been keeping to with the Star Wars movies... Two a year sounds just fine for me. You know, I have no problem with that as long as the quality is at least what the Marvel movies has been.
0: Yeah, no, agreed. Having said all that, how do you think Ant Man is going to do? Uh,
2: mediocre, I, I think. I think it'll end U.S. run maybe one seventy five, one eighty, maybe two hundred, mm. um, and I think foreign will do at least that much, maybe three.
0: It's um, been uh, a good word of mouth so far.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I, you know, obviously excited to, to, to see it, but, uh, you know, I, I think the biggest thing that, and you know, everybody was real skeptical of Guardians, but the one thing that Guardians of the Galaxy had, was it was just so different and so, uh, I think it pulled a little bit on those Star Wars heartstrings for people. Uh, and I think the problem that Ant-Man is going to have is differentiating itself from, like, Iron Man or, you know, some of the other, you know, you know he's he's a hero in a suit. Um, and I think just the, the average person, you know, that might be, you know, that might be a detriment is just it, it trying to differentiate itself from what's come before.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's more of a heist movie, though, than the... Um than, like, an actual superhero movie, the way it's, like, uh, been portrayed so far in the reviews I've read anyway.
2: And and that probably is to its benefit, because I think that's what's going to, you know, give it the word of mouth, is people saying, you know, no, this is not like the others. You know, this is, you know, this is, uh, you know, a cool movie, you know, with the superhero stuff in it. Uh, So, you know, I I hope. I mean, we're kind of hitting towards the tail end of the summer. There's not a whole lot coming out for real competition. I mean, Fantastic Four, um, Mission Impossible two weeks after uh, uh, two weeks after Ant-Man. So, it's, you know, things are starting to kind of slow down, I would say. So, you know, it should it should, you know, kind of have its room to breathe at the box office, at least.
0: I think, you know, some of my favorite Marvel movies have been, like, movies that kind of took, like Captain America Winter Soldier kind of took the template of, like, the 60s spy movie, you know. Yeah. Or, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, like you said, kind of took the template of Star Wars and put that in the Marvel thing. Yeah, this is kind of a heist movie with the Marvel thing going on and I think they kinda if they keep doing that it'll keep them from seeming, you know, all samey and stuff. Sure. You know, like everyone being about the same kind of superhero, or whatever. So still haven't seen anything better than Mad Max Fury Road this summer, though. I guess yeah, we I'd, about
3: I'd that.
2: agree with that. I uh I really enjoyed Mad Max Fury Road, but I still, I still think I liked Age of Ultron better than than Mad Max. Um, and that's not a knock on on Mad Max, because like I said, I really, I mean, the one thing I think Mad Max had is uh, just kind of the balls out action, which we have in again, R rated, heavy action movie that did well, uh, and and just something that took everybody by surprise. Like I don't think anybody thought it was going to be. Uh, as well received as it was, so that was that was kind of like an, a pleasant surprise from it. Charlize Theron.
0: Yeah. See, I have a lot more problems with Age of Ultron than I did with Mad Max.
2: Oh sure, yeah. No, I, I'm with you there. I just <clears throat> I just found my enjoyment level even with the issues higher, but you know. But again, like I said, that's not a knock on Mad Max because I I really really like Mad Max.
0: So I don't usually. I don't
3: usually get to talk about the Marvel
0: stuff. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Speaking of Marvel stuff, not just, um, not on the uh, movie side of things. I've been wanting to speak to you, Jordan, about your thoughts specifically because I. And I apologize if anybody else is following it as closely, but Jordan, I know you've been into like the Hickman Avengers stuff from the beginning. Um, and we have, like, a big event going on right now, and I have no clue what's going on in Secret Wars. Have you I'd read, read any of it at all? No.
1: Okay, well, so. it's amazing. <laughs> it is everything you could possibly want from a Hickman finale and more. Um, it's kind of, p- people have been kind of reductively calling it Game of Thrones meets Marvel, um, but in a, in a good way. And yes, there are a few trace elements that are similar to Game of Thrones, but are more just you know, more similar to real history that Game of Thrones and other you know, fantasy work it derives itself from, but uh, it's it's really cool. What do you know? And I'll fill in the rest, I guess.
3: No, no, we can't do that tonight. <laughs> I just, you know what it is. I haven't, I have not read anything really in a long time. I just, I don't know where I fell out. I fell behind. I got busy, and and I just stopped. So. I was hoping to be able to pick up Secret Wars and just get sort of a lead in to the all new, all different Marvel stuff. But, you know, it feels almost like uh, the stuff we used to bitch about when we started up, like those Morrison events, where if you weren't following Morrison's Batman and other stuff all along the way, you'd never be able to, you know, follow the event.
1: No, um, it's actually surprisingly easy to get into, with one exception, and that is you don't want to start with issue one, you want to start with issue zero. As yeah. long as you start with the free comic book day issue zero, which can be Googled very, fairly easily, um, you'll be just fine. Because that basically gives you the rundown of, hey, here's what happened in Avengers and New Avengers for the last two years. Issue one is the Marvel Universe ends, and issue two is a brand new thing that, yes, touches on some old things, but is very new in its own right. So you could almost, you could start from issue zero or you could start from issue two, kind of, and just go from there. And it's awesome. It is really, really cool.
0: I got it. I, I read uh, Convergence and Secret Wars and it's weird. It's like with Convergence, um, I like the spinoffs from the event way more than I like the event comic itself. And Secret Wars, it's almost like the opposite. I'm really digging Secret Wars because I've been reading New Avengers all along. And the some of the spin-off stuff is just kind of leaving me cold. Like there have been a couple here and there that have been cool. Like so, uh, the Future, Future Imperfect was good. And uh X Men ninety two was hilarious. But like some of them I just I I, I didn't appreciate as much. So.
1: The sixteen oh two was like, really cool, Old Man Logan was decent. I've heard pretty mixed things about Ultimate End, but that's Bendis for you. Um yeah.
3: I actually like the Master of Kung Fu. Yeah, that was a good one too. I, um, you know, I gave that one a shot. Like I said, I hadn't been following anything, but I'm down for Shang Chi, so I gave it a shot, and I was pretty pleasantly surprised. Like I figured it out. I mean, it's kind of like alternate universes and stuff, and different versions of characters that I would normally know as somebody else. And but, but it was pretty good. I, I mean, at this point, you know, one day I would like to go back and catch up on all the Hickman and figure out what happened. But at this point, I'm happy to wait for the jumping on point of the, you know, after Secret Wars is over. Right. Um, some of the stuff looks really cool. You know, I don't know how it's going to shake out, who's going to be left at the end. Um, but I like X-23 in the Wolverine costume.
1: That looks cool. <laughs> We're Doctor Strange with a battle axe? Sure, yeah. sure.
2: You know which one really took me by surprise? And Jim, I'm sure you've read it and probably agree, is the, um, the Squadron Sinister
0: Yes. Oh, that was excellent. When they Man, brought back was... those old, like, epic Shadowline characters and shit, open yes. Yes. stuff, that blew oh. my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: It was. It was really good. I mean, just because it was like, it brought in the JMS uh, Squadron Supreme uh, or, or Supreme Power version. It had like the you know the original Squadron Sinister, the the Squadron Supreme. And they're just like the Squadron Sinister is just going through and just like literally like ripping people in half and and taking over their world. So they
0: murdering everybody in a path. Yeah,
2: and, and it's just like it's just there's a lot of uh, cross double cross kind of thing going on. It just I was that was one I was like, eh, what well, I'll give it a shot. What you know, what the heck? And I was like, this this may be like what you know in my top three favorite of of the crossovers. That one and I really like Thor's. I really, really like Thor's. Mm. Um, it, it's basically like a police procedural, except all the cops are Thors.
0: Um,
1: Run by Doom.
2: Yeah, and, and Doom. Yeah, yeah. Doom is. It's funny because they are. You know. I'm um, sorry,
1: God Doom, please.
2: God Doom. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Almighty Doom, or um, you know, instead of God, they say Doom. You know, when they when they use phrasing and stuff like that. So it's 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 really. But the Thor's one is really cool, and every each of the different reality Thors all have their own name. Like you know, um, uh, the one from the Ultimate Universe is called Thor Leaf because that's 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 what they called him there. And you know, there's the 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 version of Thor that's Storm. You know, Thor, Storm was able to pick up the hammer in in a in, a, in an annual uh, that Art Adams drew one uh, way back in the '80s uh, and picked it up. And then you have Beta Ray Bill, and then you've got uh, you know, regular Thor, and then you've got uh, you've got a version of uh, of uh, the Falcon. That's Thor. I mean, it's just it's it, and they're just this police force. They're like Doom's police force, and uh, there's these murders that are taking place. And I won't spoil it because it, it's it, it's a great reveal at the end of the of the issue. But um, these Thors are just charged with solving this murder. Um, and it's just I don't know. It's just it was really really well done. Jason Aaron's writing it. Uh, so it, it has that feel from, you know, from the Thor God of Thunder and then the new female Thor run as well. Uh, so, yeah, I highly recommend that. And I really like Old Man Logan. Old Man Logan is very, very, very well done. Um, uh, that one's that one's really, really good too. Um, some of the other ones are kind of hit or miss. The Armor Wars one I'm not really a fan of. Some of the X-Men stuff isn't that great. The, the Days of Future now is actually pretty decent. Um, but the Extinction Agenda I wasn't that crazy about. Um,
0: yeah, an E for Extinction, oh man, or whatever bad. it was, where they're trying to, it was like a bad, uh, like, uh, it was like a bad tribute to Morrison or whatever. It was. And it was that e. art style. I like Morrison's X-Men, and I thought that was terrible, so.
2: Yeah, and the, <laughs> the art style is just really kind of, this is going to sound terrible, because I love Nick Batara, and I love what he's doing on Manhattan Projects. But that style of art, to me, just doesn't lend itself to the X-Men. And that, that E for Extinction yeah. is just done in that style. And I, I just don't – like, it's not bad art. Um, it just – to me, it just doesn't fit that – that style doesn't fit that book. Um,
1: Russ, so I don't we, think you've, you've said yet what you thought of the main uh, Secret War story, though.
2: I, I like it. Um, you know, it's, it's just interesting the way they're telling the story – um, and really the, I think issues three and four to me really pick, really picked it up. Um, you know, I, th- I thought one was interesting. I thought two, you felt like almost like you came into the story in the middle, which obviously was done on purpose. Um, but just, I really like strange, like Dr. Strange is, it,
1: it, it, the is the sheriff of Agamotto.
2: Yeah. The sheriff yeah. of Agamotto. I mean, he's, he's Doom's right hand man. Uh, and just the, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, John, you'll probably appreciate that. Like his main woman, like his his wife is Sue Storm, is Sue, you know, Sue Richards. So he's like, it it's it's like a big fu to Reed Richards. He stole um, his life. He stole his yeah, he stole his life because it's like you know Valeria and and uh, is Valeria is in charge of the Future Foundation and you know Sue is is basically his wife and uh, you know he sits you know Doom sits on Yggdrasil, the, the world tree that's his throne which is pretty awesome. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot to like. And, and the Assad Ribbick art, I mean, I really like that even though this is bi-monthly and there's been some lateness uh, that they're sticking with one style and the fact that it's a Saad Ribbick that's doing the, the art, it's just really, really good. I mean, the guy, there, there's a guy that I always thought his art was good, but in the last couple few years, it's just like he's taken it up to a whole whole other level.
1: Yeah. I don't think right. anyone's art would be better suited for this book than his. It's just yeah. such a perfect fit. So yeah. epic and grandiose yet classical at the same time.
2: Maybe Opinion.
1: Well, Opinion's great, and I, I have no doubt he could do a really good job. But I don't think anybody anybody's style out there right now really fits this story
2: oh, better yeah. than
1: yeah. Be Sure, like you were saying with Pitara before, it doesn't really fit X-Men, and I think I can agree with that. I love his work, but yeah. – um, Ribbix just works for a Thor story or for something like this, you know, yeah. where Johnny is the son and Ben is probably the wall and, you know, <laughs> everything is crazy and it's all awesome.
2: Yeah, the wall, John, so around like the main borders of, of the, I guess it's the border of the, of the. is it the border of the known world or is it the border of just Doom's domain? They
1: call it's, it... it sort of runs around the world almost like where Antarctica would be. Antarctica. It kind of, like, borders that southern hemisphere portion.
2: So there's a wall. It's basically the Great Wall of China, except they call it the Shield. And so when you get exiled, they throw you off the Shield. And so you basically get thrown off the wall into the wilds. And um, the Red Skull comic that came out, you might check that out, John, because that would be a good... Like, you don't really have to know what's going on with the main event um, to get it, but... Basically, it's almost like a, a suicide squad gets put together of, like, various, what we know as villains, mostly. Um, and they go into this area to confirm that the Red Skull is, in fact, dead. Um, cool. So it's, it's really, it, I think the first issue's out. I think the second one comes out this week or last week. I'm not sure, but, um, but, but that was actually really good. Um, but, yeah, there's, like, I'd say it's probably, like, 40-60, good to bad, uh, on the on the tie-ins, or but at any... least
1: at least they're doing really interesting, crazy things with the tie-ins. Yeah. Even if they don't all work, it's like, hey, wouldn't it be interesting if this happened? Sure. Well, we can do it now, and pretty much we could never do it before or after. So let's do it now and see if people like it.
0: There's a really The amazing great... thing about I'm sorry, the amazing thing about it to me are all the different shout-outs to all these different continuities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the different versions. I mean, of all these different characters. I mean, for someone like me that's been following Marvel since you know, being, you know, tiny or whatever. It's it's not on top of it being a great story. It's, it's a huge Easter egg you not know? you know. Which version, like you were saying, you know, which version of Squadron Supreme or, you know, here's these uh, really obscure characters from the late 80s, you know, epic uh, superhero line or, you know, just like all over the place. I mean, and even the whole thing about Doom, Doom you know, becoming uh, like a god or whatever comes from the original Secret Wars. It's like a big nod to that original story. Yeah. So... I mean, I find that really appealing to me too. I mean, and Convergence did a lot of that too. Like a lot of the spinoffs were like you know different bits of DC continuity that hadn't been like seen for a while because of the New 52. Like you know like the Justice Society or the Shazam world or whatever, and yeah. they were able to do a few issues where they jumbled around the different continuities. Like well, example of the the issue of Swamp Thing was a Swamp Thing with the uh, teaming up with the Vampire Batman you know, written by Len Wein and drawn by Kelly Jones. Yeah. So it was, it was incredible, you know, um, it, it just like these, you know, cherry picked these different parts of their continuity and made, you know, uh, these spinoffs. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're doing, they're doing the same thing with Marvel, you know, before they you know, do their house cleaning or whatever. And if for a long time fan, like me, it, it's just adds it's like a whole new level of enjoyment. I mean, the I'm one... sure for you guys too, you know? Yeah. The one, and I, I, I
2: don't, want to turn this into a bag on dc thing because that's that's not my point the, the one thing that i had issue with with the convergence crossovers because so there were all these little two issue miniseries basically is every issue one you read almost had the same formula it was all like hey everything was fine until the dome came up and then we all lost our powers and now the dome's down so now we all have our powers back and now we have to fight like it just felt like there were like six pages out of every one of those books that were the same in every book. And it was just, I mean, I get it because if you're just reading, you know, one or two and not reading them all, you know, you want to make sure you get it. But I almost wish they would have put that like in a recap page or something like that. Um, So, you know, I, I, that, that's the only criticism I have. I mean, I, I, I thought it was a decent event. Like I don't, uh, you know, I, I mean, you know, the thing for me is I'm just more, you know, unapologetically more of a Marvel guy than a DC guy, and especially right. since New 52. But, I mean, there was a I lot of... Like, hey,
0: hey, I know you're an Elseworlds guy, too, though. You know what I mean?
2: Absolutely. I know and you so love
0: alternate, alternate histories, alternate yeah. takes on characters. So. Yeah,
2: so that's why there was a bunch, you know, the, the a lot of the Superman stuff, especially, like, there's, you know, the one that took place, you know, like on the, you know, the, the post-crisis... You know, world mm-hmm. which is more like the John
0: Byrne Superman I
2: thought was good, right. of the Batman stuff. So
0: yeah, yeah there um, was the Shazam where he teams up with uh, Gotham by Gaslight Batman. Yes,
2: yes.
0: That, that was pretty incredible. The Crime Syndicate versus the Justice League three thousand, or no, the Justice League one million. I'm sorry, the Grant yeah. Morrison. Yeah, made. one million.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, some of those, some of those uh, spinoff issues are just really, really great. But I like and the... characters that I haven't I hadn't seen for a long time. Infinity Incorporated, for Pete's sake. I mean,
2: yeah. And I liked, like I read, I went back through and, and caught up on uh, Earth 2 World's End, which I really, really liked. And then Future's End, which I I mean, that was like my top event for last year, uh, which mm-hmm. I think kind of fell a little flat. But um, I, I like where they went. The Batman Beyond book that they put out post-convergence has been really good, and there's a cool twist yes. with, with that. So um, the one thing I'll say about the post-convergence stuff is there's there's been a few books that I'm looking to uh, to dive into. One, one of them, I know, just listening to No Apologies and talking to Daryl Taylor, um, it, he they've been real high on the Shaft book by David Walker. Yeah. Um, and so I finally, you know, after listening to those guys for so long, I finally went and picked it up. Uh, Comisology had it, so I picked up the six issues. Or, is it four issues? Six issues?
0: Probably, I don't, can't remember. I don't know. Um,
2: but anyway, I read the whole thing. Very very well done. I really liked it a lot. He did. He actually David Walker did a story in I think it's Secret Wars journals or one of the anthology issues with Howard the Duck and the original Blade from the seventies with the hmm. you know, with the big afro and the green costume with the with the funky shades. And right. it was hilarious. I mean, h- hilarious. Um, and it, it, it's if you could find that story, definitely check it out. I'll have to find it and send you guys a. Uh, the, the issue I'm talking about, because it's, it's really, really good. But he's writing Cyborg, um, and they're, uh, I guess Yvonne Hayes is doing the art, which that's always a plus, like, you know, a yeah. Green Lantern uh, artist. And, the, and they're sleeking down um, Cyborg, you know, so he's not like the bulky Jim Leaf New 52 version of, of Cyborg.
0: Well, it, makes sense. it yeah. makes sense for the character not to be that. He should more... Look more in line like, you know, nanites and, uh, and, uh, you know, like more like Iron Man, you know, a little not like the big clunky, you know, 352 yeah. 52 version.
2: It just, it, to me, when you have that big clunky version of, of cyborg, it makes it seem like it's hard for him to fit in with society and to, you know, to, to, to kind of be a part of that. So to kind of slim them down and make them, like you said, Jim, like more like nanites and stuff. Uh, I like the look, I like the art. And like I said, so far from David Walker, I've read, I've read, uh, Shaft, and then I read this other anthology story. And I, I like his style, so I'm definitely going to check that out. Um, and I, I picked up... Uh, there's been a few others that I've, I've, I've picked up, but I'm, I'm starting... It's funny, because I really want to get back into to reading some DC stuff. Um, I just I just really wasn't happy with the New 52, so... Uh,
0: yeah, I wasn't either, as you all know.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping yeah. that maybe some of these new takes on characters and some of these little tweaks and everything post-convergence will... Uh, will let me get back in.
0: I'm really interested in that new Lee Bermejo, uh, We Are Robin. That oh, yeah. was really interesting, and I'm a big Lee Bermejo fan, uh, so I definitely will be on the lookout for that. Um, Dark Knight Returns
2: yeah. Part 3.
0: Ugh, why? <laughs> why? Why, why, why? No, you know, the, the Part 2 wasn't bad enough.
2: But this one, I guess Miller is just, it's like Snyder and Miller... And then, uh, was it, Ant? I always get him confused. I think it's Adam Kubert that's doing the art. It's mm-hmm. either Adam or Andy, and I, I, I get confused.
0: <coughs> well, they're going to have doing. inserts in each issue that are called Dark Knight Universe that are going to be done by yeah. different uh, teams, art teams, or what have you. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was. I wasn't quite sure. It said 32 pages, and then it said a 16-page insert. So I was like, Okay, does that mean that it's 48 pages, or does that mean it's 32 pages and half of it is Dark Knight 3 and half of it is this, you know, anthology tales kind of thing? It wasn't it wasn't super clear on that, so. Yeah. I mean, I'll check it out. You know, it's just, you know, if, if, for curiosity. If I
0: will you know. only check it out if somebody recommends it to me, because after the Dark Knight 2, I'm kind of good on Frank Miller.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm good on Frank Miller, thanks.
2: After the Spirit, I think I was good on Frank Miller.
0: Yeah, after the Spirit. Oh, oh man. There's two hours I'll never get back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Mighty have fallen. In, in uh, non comic book news, something I've been doing lately that you guys might get a kick out of is. Maybe. uh Well, that, that too, but. Uh, I've never watched the X-Files before. I mean, I, I think I'd seen like five or six minutes of it when I was a kid and my dad watched it or something, but I don't really remember it. But uh, I'm currently, I think, in the middle of season six yeah. going through it on Netflix, and I'm really enjoying it. It holds up surprisingly well, even in the special effects category um, for a show that's 20 years old at this point. Um, I was really surprised how funny the show was. I, I had no concept of The X-Files as being funny, not that it always is, but that it even attempted it that often, that when it attempts it, at least so far, it's been pretty good with the comedy, and those are actually some of my favorite episodes so far. Um, I'm really, really enjoying it. Black also, really, really it's it. the bug. Uh, that was a funny episode yeah that was i think the first like overtly comic one where i was like oh that was funny oh that was funny too. oh wait is this a funny episode can they do that um but lori holden it took me about five or six episodes of her showing up to finally figure out who it was i thought it was jerry ryan for a while Mm -hmm. uh, because her name is so long i couldn't even like remember it to google it to see like who is this actress (laughs) but uh, yeah about six episodes of her showing up i was like Oh, it's Andrea from The Walking Dead that's where I know this person from okay nice
2: wow six seasons man that's that's a lot because they were like full like twenty four episode seasons
1: back mm-hmm. then yeah, the, I think Season 5 was only like 21, and one of those was like a behind-the-scenes episode, but that's because they were filming the movie, um, yeah. which I, I have not watched the movies yet because they're not on Netflix, and yeah. I have to rent them on iTunes or something. Um,
0: yeah, I'm just rushing back with all kinds of memories of great ep- X-Files episodes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, like the, Peter, the Peter Boyle episode where you –
1: That one's amazing. And, uh, yeah. uh, Clyde Bruckman's uh, Final Repose, I believe it's called.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, have you, have Jose, Jose Chung's get- From Outer Space. Yeah. Yep. Yep, that one's great. Have you
1: um, seen
2: the one with the, uh, with the inbreds that live under the house? Yes, <laughs> the one
1: that's Dude. kind of like um, it's the Sandlot meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that one's in like season sure. two or three or something. That but yeah, it's cool best. to see like the Vince Gilligan episodes and yeah. all the Breaking Bad and uh, Better Call Saul alums who, who – didn't necessarily get their start here because many of them were established actors like Michael McKean was very well established sure. by this point, but it is still cool to see like, Oh, I bet you, I bet you that's where Vince Gilligan met these guys. And that's where he got the idea to throw them in, uh, in this show. But yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been a couple clunkers here and there. There's always those handful episodes that I, I'm playing, um, you know, XCOM or something while I watch it because, okay, time <sighs> to get to the next one, but it's definitely hitting more than it misses for me. So, it's nice to see a show, you know, that holds up even 20 years later um, that that was one of those shows that, you know, the X-Files could have very easily been a show that didn't <clears throat> because of special effects, because of all the other shows that have done this since then, you know, like Fringe or something like that. It's it's often easy for the show that or, or the book or the movie or whatever that originated something to kind of fall by the wayside because other things have done it better since. But no, I'm pleasantly surprised.
0: Very funny that you're playing XCOM while you're watching the x
1: 5 Yes, I, I thought about that. Well, I just I got a 6 Plus the other day. So it's it's opened me up to many more games that my old phone couldn't run. And uh, XCOM, no, while very tough, is is quite good.
0: XCOM is one of my favorite games of the last generation. I played 100 hours of it easily. Both both versions, Enemy Unknown and Enemy Within. So, Right. Yeah, I, I was kind of bummed when I heard the new XCOM was only going to be on p i uh, PC.
1: Well, I think that's where they sold the lion's share of copies.
0: I know, but I don't have a PC
1: joint. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs>
0: have you guys uh, checked out Wayward Pines at all, speaking of TV? Yes. Are oh, you I watching it? Oh. Dude, I'm I, loving that show, man. It, uh, it's, like the, it's like The Prisoner by way of Twin Peaks with a Matt yes. Dillon and a Carla Gugino, uh twist. and Yeah, I it's awesome.
2: You, I tell you what, I, my tolerance for how do I put this? So when you're watching something and people are pur- are purposely obscure about, like, when, when somebody asks a question and they're like, oh, you can't handle it, so I'll beat around the bush, and, you know, they, like, it, it just drags on where you don't get to the point of whatever it is they're trying to tell you. There's always some impediment for them not telling you. And that show almost got to that point where I was like, even though I was really enjoying it because I like the characters, I like the I like the actors. The cast is
0: amazing.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was almost getting to that point where I'm like, look, if if they don't, if they keep finding reasons to not tell this guy what's going on, I'm like, I'm just gonna get like too neurotic to watch it. And then they give you the reveal of what's you know what's kind of going on or the you know what the deal is, and you're just like, wow. Um, and then you think, okay, well, where are they gonna go from there? And I I, get, I th- I've watched the first seven, uh, mm. and there it's a ten episode thing, and right. I'm not sure if it's if it's meant to come back, but but uh, yeah, it's 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 really good. I I I highly recommend it.
0: You think it's like one thing, and you're watching it, and you're like okay, and then that big reveal at the end. I think it's the end of episode four. It just kind of changes yeah. everything, and you're yeah, just yeah. like whoa, okay, not what but, I thought, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's pretty, pretty incredible. The cast is great. The writing is really good. I can see where you, know, you get that. I'm still like the, the time shift stuff really kept me intrigued. Yes. Uh, you know, it's kind of like all these different, like, you know, breadcrumb clues or whatever. Like at the end of the first episode, I just felt like, okay, so this is like a retelling of the prisoner, you know, this guy's in this place Not going can let him out, you know, Terrence Howard pulls up and he's trying to climb over the electric fence and tells him to get down, you know, um, but then I mean, you find out, you know, there's a lot more going on than, than you think. And yeah. I just, I've really enjoyed it a lot.
2: Yeah, Toby Jones is great. and um,
0: Julia Lewis is in it. Uh, Reed Diamond, who was in yeah. uh, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Homicide. And uh, Melissa Leo. Who's, you she, know, was man, in...
2: her character, it's funny, it's like, this sounds terrible, but after that first episode, whenever she showed up, I was like, why doesn't he just punch her in the face? Like she ah, so, like she is so, I, I just like evil. I, I just like, yeah. but yet tries to put off a, a happy face. Like it's just so like, it's so perfect. Like she does such an awesome job. Like for, for somebody to play a character and have like that kind of response from, from somebody watching it, that's, that's well done.
0: Yeah. It's it's good time. Uh, I really have been enjoying it quite a bit this summer. But, I mean, uh, there are a lot of good shows that ended. I mean, there are just a, a few. Like, I I started watching Sense8 on Netflix, yeah. the new Wachowski yeah. uh, mm. joint. Have you checked it out?
2: Uh, I'm three, four episodes in. Um, it's definitely picking up, um, but it's just so bizarre. Like, it's just mm. – like, I'm not really sure – what I'm supposed to be getting out of it. Um, and it's starting to kind of come together a little more, but I'm, I think I'm going to put this in the category of like, if we don't get any more of this, I don't think I would miss it.
0: Mm. Yeah. My my wife like binge watched it in one day and was like, Oh, you need to watch this. It's really cool. And I started to watch it. I watched the pilot in the first couple episodes. And I'm like, I don't know if this is coming together for me or not. like the, The Wachowski end of it is kind of outweighing the enjoyment of the JMS end of it. Yeah. (laughs) So I can kind of see where they're coming from. You know, like I'm sure the Wachowskis are the one that had the big, broad concept, and JMS is probably the one who brought a new, granular, you know, story type level. It seems. um,
2: Does it seem a little preachy to you?
0: Well, almost anti-preachy. Like, you know, oh look how on the edge we are. Look how cool we are. We have this character and. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're, we're trying to be really edgy, and look, we have this character, and
2: it, it almost doesn't seem natural. It seems
0: forced. Yeah.
2: Um. But 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 there's a there's an interesting twist with one of the characters that I totally didn't see coming. Um, that actually made it much more enjoyable, I think, for me, um, and put a cool twist on it. And if you yeah. want to see Martha Jones, in the in the in the full, that's uh, <laughs> your show.
1: Well, that was the moment for me in episode one where I was like, yes, I will be continuing to watch this show. <laughs> um, I, I, really, I really enjoyed it. I finished the whole first season um, in just a couple of days. It's not perfect. It has its issues. But there are moments throughout the show where they do things I've never seen before in really cool emotional ways. Um, I'm trying to be vague so as not to spoil anybody, but there's a concert Uh, I guess concert's the right word, towards the end of the season, which is really different and cool. Um, There's the, (laughs) I guess orgy is the right word, kind of halfway through the season, which is kind of amazing. Um, There's other things like that throughout the season that are just like, I've never seen that anywhere else, and it wouldn't fit in any show other than this. And it's really cool and, and evokes a really interesting emotional response that nothing else has or really could do just because of the nature of the mythology of the show. The mythology is kind of messy at kind of simple at the same time. I feel like they've kind of obfuscated things that don't need to be obfuscated. And at the same time, not explained things that seem like they should be pretty simple. But at the same time, the rest of the show is interesting enough that I don't really care um, that the mythology is a little weird, um, but I'm excited to see where they go for season two. I, I like you, Russ. I don't know that I would miss it if I never got any more, but I will definitely watch a second season.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm that way with most things. I I tend to like if I watch something, I have to see it through just because I my brain will just go crazy with wondering how it it ended. So yeah, so same here. I, I'll I'll finish it eventually, um, and then I'll I'll. Like I said, I think it's – it's did it officially? I think it officially got picked up for a season two.
1: I think so. Yeah,
2: yeah. so I'll, I'll – you know, anyway, if there's more of it, I'll watch it. But,
1: but. Right. Um, I don't think we've gotten a chance to mention Kung Fury on L.O.D.
2: Oh. <laughs> and I, I, know, I know
1: you two would – oh, you haven't seen it. No,
0: no, no. No, you no. haven't seen you it, it, really?
1: It. Russ, I even I liked it. Let's put it that way. It's a, no, like I a mean, like half it. hour. Even I, I love liked.
0: It. It's like a half hour, man. Have Even if you don't control. have time to
1: watch it, watch the five-minute True Survivor music video because that's what I watched first. I was like, okay, I guess I'll watch it.
0: Well, there's also that um that great instructional video by Hacker Man as to how to be a world-class hacker. <laughs> Did you see that?
1: <laughs> I have not that seen that. I'm about to add that one to my That
0: was pretty awesome. It's like a five-minute video. He has like all this ancient computer equipment behind him. and He's uh, hacking a, a TRS-80 with a Nintendo Power Glove. And,
1: oh, no, uh, I have too much time.
0: Yes, I've had too much time. I'm a cop from the future. Mm-hmm. Nice pecs. Yeah. That's great that was great, man. The um that when the arcade machine came to life.
1: <laughs> that was kind of and I love the editing I, I, trick they use with that whole sequence, um yeah. you know, with the you know, to get past all the boring stuff with the VHS gag. You know, that that's very, very clever. Yeah, and really honestly, good. that song, True Survivor, is awesome. Like I, legit, it's so '80s. I legitimately thought it was a cover, and so I looked it up to see like who originally did the song. I want to hear the original version and be like, oh yep. no, it's actually a brand new original song. Is amazing because I, I, I was listening to that every show. day completely unironically. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, I just I really enjoyed that a lot. Triceratop. <laughs> i don't work alone,
1: or even just that fight scene in uh, 1940s Germany is the the, yeah. the side scholar one is just so well done in its crappiness.
0: Absolutely. Um, I don't know if you guys are fans or whatever, but um, did you see the uh, trailer for Ash versus Evil Dead?
1: I saw there was a trailer. I have not watched the trailer.
0: Um, that's a shame. Yeah, I've been, I
1: haven't really
0: caught it either. I'm,
2: I'm looking forward to it, but I haven't seen the trailer.
0: I'll it's have to really, check it, it out. Look, it looks really fun. I I was kind of on the fence about the TV show and now I've seen the trailer. I think I'm going to enjoy it. So. But uh, yeah, it was it was pretty good trailer. Uh, it, it's gonna be a TV series, I guess. It's gonna be on the Alray Network. So like, I thought uh, it was
2: Stars. I think I, I think Stars is picking that one up, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Googling it now. Uh, Star's original series, Ash vs. Evil Dead.
2: Yeah. Yep, yep, Have you guys been watching True Detective?
1: I still haven't seen season one. I, I, I plan on um, it, I just haven't gotten around to it yet.
2: Uh, the good thing is, uh, well, I mean, they're, they're two completely independent things unless they find a way to tie it up at the end of this season, but, um, I'm, i much preferred so far season one, to season two, um, but it's, it's interesting, and then I watch, uh, the show Ballers, the Rock's new show Ballers, which is pretty funny, I didn't watch Entourage, but, uh, John was telling me it's pretty much like, uh, it, it, like Entourage, but instead of, like, Hollywood and stuff, it's, it's all about football players, so...
1: Uh, you just roboted. I have no idea what that was. I made out the word computers. Uh my computer
0: decided to freeze up a moment ago.
1: Oh, yes. It's, it seems like it's still freezing up because you're still roboty.
0: Because of my damn toaster, Jordan.
1: My damn toaster. <laughs> Freaking toasters. Um. Frickin toaster. So we should we should mention again we, we are doing this episode live as you can tell from the uh, from the audio goof up there but uh, you you can watch us on the Google Hangout or on YouTube live when these go up I know Callum is watching uh, watching right now so hello Callum and you can uh, chime in on the on the chat or on either uh, either the Google Plus page or on the YouTube page and we're monitoring that um, Callum quite likes the Jim Rose Circus episode of uh, of the X Files which I believe that's the one we were talking about before. Um, yes, the one where eats the bug yes the one where Scully eats the bug I believe is what you said but uh, yes that's a uh, it's, uh, it's cool so I like doing this live
2: yeah I think this is you know like we said at the top I guess since Jim is maybe going robotic maybe maybe now's a good time to, to wind up at <laughs> that's what hour, I figured <laughs> in an hour and a half um, I, you know I think this is we're gonna try and make this a regular thing I mean and even if folks aren't watching live uh, I, you know I think our ability to get out of show quick and not have to be overly concerned with edits and you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, it's just, it's just more about us getting together and chatting. I think we're going to try and get as, you know, many people on uh, as, as want to come on as many different, you know, people, you know, instead of just the same old LOD crew. I mean, if, if there's other you know folks out there that, that interact with us on you know Facebook and, uh, you know, through email and, and everything else that we could, you know, other either podcasting friends or, you know, long-time listeners or things like that that we can get to join on. Uh, it's easy to do that with, you know, this Google Hangout process and flipping it to YouTube. It it doesn't require as much crazy setup and things like that, and people can kind of hop in and hop out. Um, yeah, I think we just want to just kind of make it fun, you know, just get together and talk about stuff. Uh, I'm hoping that we, you know, also use this to kind of return to some of the, the longer-form stuff we do. We still uh, – I know two of the things that we – Every so often in the email chain, we'll bring up again is lock and key, finishing out lock and key, and uh, finishing out Hickman's FF run. So uh, those are definitely two things I think that we want to get back to at some point. A resurgence of the LOD.
1: Yes, indeed. Oh,
2: still robotic.
1: But yeah, so check out Secret Wars. Anybody who hasn't checked that out yet, it's awesome. Uh, the X-Files is good. XCOM is good. Kung Fury is awesome. And uh, we'll be back soon.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe next week we'll do, like I said, uh, we'll do some real video. Um, maybe if you're... Uh, maybe out early, I'll I'll give a little pan around to my office setup, which has all my cool... finally... Since I've moved from the hinterlands, I've got, I've got an actual office set up where i work worked during the day, and um, i got all my, my books put up, and my art hung up on the wall, so maybe I'll just kind of give everybody a little tour and float the camera around so everybody can take a, take a peek at that. Um, and we'll do some cool stuff. I think, you know, there's more we can do with video, I think, than we can with straight audio, and this is a good platform for us to do it. So, uh, so Jordan, and well, Jim popped out, uh, he was having audio trouble, John. I had to bail a little early uh, and I think, you know, that's just going to be the nature of the show. It's just like a lot more loose and free. I think maybe we're a little too uptight in the past. So, uh, so I think that's, that's how we're going to roll with, with this new, newly revamped LOD. Right on. Either you guys have anything, uh, anything else to add before we shut her
0: down? No, uh, we got some good, cool uh, episodes of DC TV podcast coming up. Yeah. A...
1: And uh, Walking Dead TV will be back soon as well with uh, Fear the Walking Dead coming out. So uh, keep an eye on the feed. Always new stuff coming out there.
2: And I think Jordan and Jim, you probably, probably want to jump in because I know you were, you watched it as well. But we've we previously done our Breaking Mad episodes uh, between seasons of The Walking Dead where we talked about Breaking Bad and Mad Men to kind of recap the previous season and kind of what our thoughts were. And, you know, maybe we'll do a Breaking Mad, but this time we'll talk Better Call Saul and, uh, and the final season of Mad Men. Just do a little kind of an a, a interlude on the Walking Dead TV podcast.
0: Sounds good. And yeah, no doubt.
2: I think we'll try and squeak that in. So, yeah, this like I said, weekly, biweekly. I think, uh, I think we're going to try and at, at, at worst do this biweekly. Um, and at best do it weekly, so it just depends. And it may just be two of us that are hopping on and just yakking. So, um, like I said, just uh, just a free-form show, uh, and get, just getting back to, to the LOD hanging out. <laughs> Amen. Well, I guess that about does it. Uh, I guess I'll stop the broadcast now for everybody watching live. Thank you. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, for those of you listening to the audio, I hope you enjoyed it as well. Um, and and uh, leave us some feedback. You know, definitely check out the Facebook, um, Facebook.com/slash/hhwlod Podcast Network. Um, you can send us email lod and, um, and Let us know what you think. And uh, for Jim and Jordan and the the early departed, uh, but still alive, Johnny Ann. Uh, <laughs> we uh, thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Have a good one. Yep.